What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, what's the state of Illinois' youth detention centers where kids are locked up awaiting trial? That could be a tough question to answer, but a new analysis of recent audits offers a glimpse into the conditions of these facilities and warning the picture is grim as most are failing to meet minimum state standards, leaving vulnerable kids without adequate resources and unprotected. It's Monday, November 20th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Injustice Watch reporter Kelly Garcia has been covering conditions in Cook County's Juvenile Detention Center, and she recently looked at inspection reports of other facilities across the state. So let me give a little bit of context before we jump into the reports really quick. So for folks who may not be aware, um, there's 16 county-run juvenile detention centers in the state, um, and they all fall under the jurisdiction of the chief judges in each county. This is where youth are detained pre-trial, typically on charges uh, ranging from like theft to carjacking. In Illinois, a lot of these kids are detained in these detention centers, can be as young as 10 years old. A lot of these kids uh, typically are, you know, between 16, 15 to 17. But um, there are cases where you have 12 year olds, 13 year olds detained in these facilities. So a lot of the kids who make up the uh, the the detainees inside these facilities are black kids, um, which is, uh, you know, that compared to the amount of black kids actually in the state. Um, it's, it's very disproportionate. Um, unfortunately, the problem with these juvenile detention centers is that there's a lack of transparency. So because these juvenile detention centers fall under the judicial branch, um, they are not subject to FOIA. We have to rely on outside groups, on advocacy organizations, and in this case, on other public institutions to report on what's happening inside um, because we don't have access to that. Um, we can ask the chief judge, right, for this kind of information, but they're not required to give us that. They're not even required to respond to us. You recently review annual audits from the Illinois Department of Juvenile Justice. Uh, what were some of the big takeaways from these recent reports? So according to the Illinois Department of Juvenile Justice, which conducts these inspections on an annual basis, um, a lot of these facilities are out of compliance. Um, only four of the 16 county-run juvenile detention centers were in compliance with the new standards. So IDJJ for the past 40 years has conducted inspections at each of the facilities, more so around the physical condition of the facilities. They weren't really looking at the quality of youth care, which they are now. Starting in 2021, they upgraded their standards to look more at stuff like disciplinary practices, medical care, um, education, food service, 
um, anything that really has to do with how the youth are being treated inside. Um, and so based on those new standards, they went back into those facilities, they conducted inspections. And what they found is that a lot of these facilities are just not meeting those standards. Um, there's one facility in particular that, that I'd love to talk about, um, Franklin County, um, which is all the way down south. So by Carbondale. Um, this facility, they described it as a facility in crisis. For example, um, staffing numbers in 2022 were extremely low. Um, this is a 24-hour facility, so they need staff um, available at all times, but they only had eight full-time staff, which means there was only ever like three staff per shift available. Um, what they said is that these staffing levels directly contributed to poor conditions of confinement for, for a lot of these youth. They don't have a dietary staff at this facility. So we're talking security officers, the staff that run the detention are the same ones cooking and preparing the meals. Um, they noted in the report that there is a de-escalation technique that staff are supposed to use, but there wasn't, there hasn't been any training in several years. Um, and a lot of the new employees have never even been trained on it. Um, so that de-escalation techniques are not being used. Um, one of the most severe, um, things that were found in the, in the, in the facility, according to IDJJ, um, is a disciplinary practices used. So whenever, a uh, a, a kid is uh, punished for misbehavior, they're, they're most likely to be confined um, and usually for up to 24 hours. We're also seeing at this Franklin uh, County Detention Center, um, inspectors found that the facility had a gym and an outdoor recreation area, for example, but the kids had not been able to use it since 2020, since um, early on in the pandemic. Um, again, this is the inspection from 2022. Um, and the, what the inspectors found too was that um, kids were only permitted to shower every other day. Um, there were no in-person visitations. There were no mental health services. Um, there was no process for youth grievances. So if a youth wanted to complain to someone, there was really no process for them to do so. Um, inspectors, because of how terrible. They, they found the conditions at the facility. Inspectors went back earlier this year um, and they published an interim report where they said that some improvements have been made, like now kids can shower on a daily basis. Um, they do get more frequent visit, visits. Um, they can use the gym, though that's inconsistent in some cases. Um, but there's still a lot of areas of noncompliance um, that remain. How do these reports and the conditions at facilities across the state compare to what you found in previous reporting about Cook County's juvenile detention center specifically? So we're seeing this issue of confinement appear in a lot of the other facilities. Um, and according to the Illinois Department of Juvenile Justice, confinement cannot be used for long term or even for um, issues like a kid talking back to a, a detention staff or a kid having too many sheets. Um, you're not supposed to be using confinement in those cases, um, but that's what they're finding in a lot of these facilities. And that's something that we've been seeing at Cook County for many years. Um, in Cook County, the chief judge uh, has convened multiple committees of experts that have, you know, warned about this practice of confinement. Um, so I'd be interested to, to, to hear what experts have to say about this practice being used across the state. But um, yeah, confinement is is one reoccurring issue that we're seeing. Um, another reoccurring issue, of course, is that um, there's a lack of mental health services, of medical care, um, and educational services as well um, across all the facilities.
Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. What are some of the challenges when you when you talk to officials, uh, maybe in oversight uh, roles or even who work at these facilities? What are some of the challenges that are maybe unique or even similar to what we also see in adult facilities? That's a good question. Um, we we talked to um, the John Howard Association, who um, kind of gave us the idea that a lot of these issues is particularly pertaining to mental health services is also pervasive in the adult correctional facilities. Um, So we know that's true. A lot of these issues are also rooted in like budgetary issues, right? Franklin County, for example, um, they, you know, a lot of what was uh, mentioned in the report um, was traced back to the lack of of funding from the county. And so they were not able to hire more staff. They were not able to provide a lot of these services. Um, And that's what we hear similarly with adult correctional facilities as well. Because a lot of these kids are also students, right? They're in, they're, they're supposed to be receiving educational services. There's also that requirement, right? That these facilities have to provide some sort of educational services, special education services, which is something that we've reported on in the past as well. That's lacking a lot of these facilities. Um, also researchers have pointed to the fact that a, a lot of these a lot of the conditions that we're finding these kids being detained in, um, they have really long-term detrimental effects, right, later on in life. And so a lot of these issues that we're seeing in the facilities um, have long-term effects on these kids. um, And it also serves as a pipeline for them into these adult correctional facilities, right? Um, We see a a high number of, um, you know, readmission rates as well. And so kids are just coming back into the system. Um, And so that's, that's something that I think is is unique. It's it's more harmful, at least from what researchers say, um, to confine kids uh, for as long as they do in these facilities, and that has harmful, lasting impacts later on in life as well. Who oversees youth jails, and, and who has has the power to change things here? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the Illinois Department of Juvenile Justice, which conducts these inspections, has no jurisdiction over these facilities, right? So if a facility continues to be in non-compliance. Illinois loves a powerless or toothless oversight committee. Just like, give me some reports. I may or may not give those to the public in the end. Right. You know, go work on something else. That being said, though, there is one institution that does have power, and that's the administrative office of the Illinois courts. So um, that's a branch of the Supreme Court, and they are the ones who oversee the chief judges in each of the counties. Um, They also reimburse the salaries for all the detention staff in these facilities. Um, So something that they actually have the power to do, and this is something new that they just developed in the last couple of years, um, they actually can are actually required 
to withhold 10% of, of the reimbursement funds that they give these detention facilities if they are not in compliance with their own standards. Um, so just to go back a little bit, um, the AOIC, which again is under the Supreme Court, um, they very recently um, created their own standards for juvenile detention. Um, it's very similar to the Department of Juvenile Justice. They look at the quality of youth care. They look at programming. Um but they conducted their first inspections last year. Um, and similarly, I think they only found like five facilities who were um, in compliance with their standards. Um, but they actually have the power to withhold funds that reimburse the salaries of a lot of these attention staff. Um, they have given a 90-day notice to one facility, Franklin County, um, for failing to come into compliance and, and not addressing that. Um, I believe that that Franklin County is actually in in the in progress to to try and work with the county and the chief judge to to make those corrections. What do you hear from officials? Because even to learn that some of these agencies are creating like standards that I don't know to me and you feel common sense and basic thinking about the quality, the education, are they being confined or not? What do their education and mental health resources look like that? But to know they're just being created in the last few years, you know how how are agencies uh, kind of. Uh, taking uh, accountability for this? Well, for one, AOIC does train these facilities, right? And so they, a a lot of these attention staff, um, they were trained on these new standards. They were trained on what to do to come into compliance before the inspections were conducted. Um, what we heard from one one uh, one official at Winnebago County um, is that staffing is a is a real issue, right? They're not able to meet a lot of these standards because they don't have the amount of staff, they don't have the funding. Um, in Cook County, we've heard from Leonard Dixon, who's a superintendent, that. Um, a lot of these issues, and he said this at a hearing recently, is that um, the juvenile detention centers are a temporary space, right? Like they're not meant to provide long-term care. Um, and so it's it's not possible to know how long a kid is going to be detained at the facility. They might be here for a few days and they'll be gone tomorrow. We don't know or or detention staff don't know what kind of support to provide them. Um, staffing is, is a big issue. Um, funding as well, right? Like they just don't have that, um, that those resources available to, to give the kids what they need inside these facilities. That's what we've heard. When we look at the numbers, how do these compare long term? Are like staffing and funding levels, you know, sort of percentage wise at their lowest they've been? Was there a time when, you know, these facilities said we we were at one point full staffed and we were getting the proper funding? Is, is there some measure we can point to? Like how far back do these particular issues go? That's that's a good question. We don't have that data. Um, I'd love to I'd love to know. Right. Um, I think. There's definitely been, you know, the pandemic has definitely affected staffing levels. Um, from, you know, what we heard, we talked to uh, to John Howard Association, and, and what they were saying is, um, you know, these conditions are, you know, they're terrible for kids, and they're also terrible for the employees, right? So there's no real mm-hmm. incentive for, for people to want us to work these facilities. But I, my guess is that the pandemic has also had a huge effect on, on staffing levels, but we don't have the data to know how that's changed over time. You've been following this reporting uh, for most of the year. Why is it so important to keep an eye on this moving forward? Well, 
the number of kids, at least in the Cook County Juvenile Detention Center, has gone down over the decades. That is something that we do know. Um, in Cook County right now, it's an average of like 200 kids that are detained um, on a daily basis. Um, at the other facilities, it's actually the number is much smaller. Obviously, that um, it, it that makes sense for the the size of the county. But um, what we're seeing is that these numbers are going down, right? And that upon arrest, a lot of these kids are also being diverted to other um, organizations, um, to so, to other social organizations, um, either getting sent home. Um, and so I think it is important to look at where these juvenile detention centers will be 10, 15, 20 years from now. Is it going to be necessary? Is it something that we think um, helps kids in the future. It, that's Those are a lot of the questions that we're hearing from, from advocates. Um, and I think we're seeing this dwindling number come from somewhere, right? So I, I'd be curious to see where we where detention facilities end up in a couple of years. Another huge thank you to Kelly Garcia, an amazing reporter with Injustice Watch. Appreciate you making time for us, Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Before we let you go, for more news, including why the proposed $800 million renovation of Northwestern's Ryan Field has split the Evanston community, head over to our website at chicago.citycast.fm. That's also where you can catch up on old podcast episodes and subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago. Of course, I got to let you go with some good news. The Garfield Park Conservatory's Winter Flower Show Celebrating Silver opens this Friday. It's free to the public and just needs an online reservation. If you want, you can leave a donation when you check out. As always, we appreciate you for reading and listening. We're back bright and early tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Peace.